Hi, I'm I'm Sadiq. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 20 of Two Shades of Brown. Yep. Or Shades of Brown, as, as Christian yeah, calls it, it these days. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the new brand, branding stuff, um, but here we're, we're 20 episodes in. 20 uh, episodes just, in two years, mind you. Two, yeah, because, you know, we, we had to take a break for uh, various reasons. Yeah, it's a, it was semi-annual. It was bi-weekly at one point. It's bi-monthly, yeah. and now it's every week, which I think is, yeah, it's, we, we kept a good pace going. Yeah, yeah, I think we have got a good pace. Speaking of pace, this this week's episode is going to be uh, more a, a sort of a more heavy one because we're starting off uh, with WWDC talk. Uh, WWDC is next week, uh, starting on, I think, Monday, uh, next Monday. Uh, so we're going to be talking about predictions, wish lists, features, stuff like that. And the first thing on the on the uh, list for WDC is uh, Swift, yep. uh, the programming language. Swift four so, should be uh, launching at WWDC, and uh, this one's gonna be a short one just because the roadmap's already public, right? Because Swift is an open source project; they open sourced it two years ago. So you can go ahead and go to Swift.org, hop on the mailing list or whatever, and just find out what's going to become. But uh, I just want to take a moment just to say, open source projects are great. This is a little sarcastic, but I mean it in a good and a bad way. Because so Swift, the thing with Swift right now is that it is not it does not have ABI stability. Um, each new version of Swift could completely change the syntax and all that, and you're not guaranteed backwards compatibility. Which, um, if you're not a programmer, doesn't really mean much to you. But uh, one like a visible uh, downfall of this is that app sizes are much larger when you switch to Swift because it includes all the libraries. It includes like the compiler, the runtime, all of that stuff in your app bundle, because there is no guarantee that the app's going to run fine on a system provided Swift library or Swift runtime. Right, right. Yeah. So it's 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 the whole sort of like you can't depend on it uh yet. That's the problem here. Um I mean hopefully that's I mean the stable ABI thing is is, is a concern. Obviously if you if you're an iOS developer you want that to be stable as much as possible, as fast as possible because you know uh, that's your job, but yeah, it's. I mean, Swift stuff is going to be there at WWDC. That's fine. Yeah, it's uh, just just know that ABI stability isn't coming because uh, people on mailing lists like to push for other features that get in the way of that happening. It's all it's open source projects are fun, but uh, now to the real meat. We're going to go and talk about iOS. iOS, the big one. Uh, the iOS eleven. iOS eleven. Um, First thing first, uh, we like iPads. Um, iPads haven't been uh, see the iPad Pro and the the iPad Pro with the twelve inch and the nine point seven. Is that the, the sizes? The twelve inch is going on. Yeah, the twelve inch is going on about uh, two years without an update. It's been like a year and a half without a hardware update. Uh, the nine point seven is on a full just over a year. It's just that. Um, so there's been a lot of rumors saying that Apple might even re- show off new iPad hardware at the. Uh, uh, event and there's like the latest beta of uh 10.3.6 i think whatever the newest like uh patches has new wallpapers for the 12.9 inch ipad which is really strange that's usually new new wallpapers usually indicate a new device is coming right because in the promo shots you have a new wallpaper to go with uh, all the ads and all that it's it's such it's a really random release to be throwing in wallpapers I, I I mean hardware at WDDC would be interesting, but um, yeah, the last uh, time we had that was the can't innovate my ass Mac Pro. Can't innovate my ass. Oh God. Oh, I can't update not... my ass either. Oh God, Jesus. Yeah. So the iPad uh, hopefully is is gonna get I uh, hopefully better multitasking uh, stuff. Better, you know. Well, whatever we could say about the iPad, right? Just go watch Federico Vitici's video on Mac Stories, the concept video, because that's basically everything we want, right? Drag and drop, all these cool new multitasking features. Essentially, we just want the iPad to be, be able to do more desktop-like things. And uh, in one way, too, right? Uh, this is a scary word for people in smartphones, but uh, an actual file system. And I, I am... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna place a bet that we're going to see a real Finder for iOS announced. If iOS Finder, okay, a real okay. file browser. Um, I, I, I actually don't think this is gonna happen. Ooh, um, you go first. I want to. I want to hear your reasoning. Stress the Like I, I re- like I really don't, don't think like Apple's gonna pivot to somehow be supporting. I mean, if you, they might have a very basic sort of i. They already have the iCloud Drive app, right? Which is basically like uh, it's Finder Lite, isn't it? It is, it is final. I don't think they're going to go more than they might improve the iCloud drive app, but I don't think they're going to improve. Uh, they're going to release an actual 
a file system manager because that would be a major uh, paradigm shift uh, for iOS. I mean, it might be necessary, but I don't think as Apple is ready to make that sort of jump to uh, something like Finder for iOS. It's, it's just not. I don't think it's going to happen yet. Uh, it's not. It's a little bit uh, early for that. I don't. I don't think Apple's Apple's going to take that risk. Uh, All right. Here's here's why I disagree. I I think that since because iCloud Drive already exists, and even like you look at the app bundle, it's com.apple.finder, right? It, they already call it Finder, like under the hood. I think that it's because as of right now, anytime you try and do productivity on iOS, there's a huge problem. I do not have a temporary place to put files. Do you remember when uh, I was trying to edit that the podcast episode like two weeks ago on my iPhone, my MacBook was being prepared? Getting that out of Dropbox and moving it into um, GarageBand was a pain in the ass. I had to download a third-party app, which essentially like you could log in with Dropbox and use that as an intermediary, which is a really yeah. bad hack, right? Yeah, that is that is bad. Yeah, uh, I like I would imagine if they're if they're focusing on iPad productivity, the improving the sharing uh, of files and having like temporary uh, a temporary file like drop system, uh, not necessarily file system access, but uh, API or uh, like a specific way that apps can have a temporary a shared temporary space that they can use to talk with other apps, uh, share files with other apps. Um, that might be a thing that they, they could do, I think. I don't think they're going to do a full-fledged... Well, I don't think Apple's going to let you like do a full... like. It's not, I don't think Finder for iOS would let you go into system files or anything. I think it just it would be like a home folder, right? And that's it. Like uh, Maybe you can browse through your music library, or even then, maybe you can't. Like At least have access to your photos and all that. Because as of right now, there is already like a little bit of uh, extensibility support where apps can become file providers. You can, you can, there's an extension support added in iOS 8. You can have it so that when you click share or when you click save, like on a picture or whatever, you know how it says like, do you want to pull this photo from your photo library? Do you want to take a picture? In that list, if an app has written for the accessibility support, you can have, you can use that as a file picker. So there's already like little bits and pieces of it there. In iCloud Drive, if apps support iCloud, they can, um, you can use them as file locations in the iCloud Drive app. The problem being the app has to support iCloud and that doesn't make sense for every app. Not every single app needs to be like synced to the cloud, right? Or especially say, for example, like an app like GarageBand or iMovie where you have like these huge gigabyte files. It's really not a great idea to have them consistently syncing back and forth to the cloud because that's just going to eat through a bunch of data that you really don't need to. You don't need to be eating through. So what I think a finder is going to be is just where all apps can plug into it if they want. Um, there's an accessibility framework where uh, if you want to become a file picker, you don't have to write your own file picker uh, code. You just say, hey, I have files. Here's data. You give Finder access. And it still works within the sandbox, right? Because Finder, Finder is the intermediary here. Apps can't talk to each other about what files they have, but you can use Finder to send them back and forth. And the Finder app would let you... It basically, like, what, what we really need, and I know this is a dirty word for a lot of people, is a desktop, Right. Like when I'm editing stuff, you just throw it on the desktop to have it there temporary, right? Like you yeah, need the equivalent yeah. of that on iOS. Yeah, you need the equivalent of what a, a, a scratch folder. So like you just like, you know, like for intermediate files, like when you're editing stuff, you have like pictures or small audio clips uh, that you move around. Uh, st- stuff like that, I think would, yeah, I think that that is a reasonable sort of compromise on not full Finder, but not very restricted as it is now. Uh, that, that's a good good compromise, I think. That I hope. I mean, I hope it improves. I'm not, but I'm not like fully confident that Apple is gonna go full uh, desktop for iPads and stuff. Uh, uh, but we'll see. Uh, the next thing, speaking of desktop apps, um, Mail app. Yep, the uh, Mail app. It's uh, so as of right now, the email situation on iOS is weird because you we had like. At first, like the apps were launched, and then Sparrow came out, and then like email innovation just kind of died, right? Because everyone was like, "Sparrow is great. We're going to use Sparrow," and then Sparrow got bought by Google, um, just removed from the App Store, and nothing. And you know, rest in peace. I loved you forever. But uh, now, afterwards, Dropbox made Mailbox, right? Or I think Mailbox was purchased by Dropbox, and then Dropbox killed Mailbox because they're kind of dumb. And there's been like a little bit of a, a resurgence in email clients. You have apps like Airmail, um, 
I think Cloud Magic is what it used to be called, but now it's uh, they rebranded to something else. And there's a lot of good ideas for mail apps that Apple is not like Sherlocked. Or even then, the Mac mail app has some features which would really be great on the uh, iOS app because it's iOS is mature enough where we can start bringing in these advanced features. Like for example, smart mailboxes, advanced filtering, all that kind of stuff. You can do it on the Mac mail app, but you can't do any of it on iOS if they download a third-party app for that. Yeah, I, I think um, this. I use the mail uh, iOS iOS mail app a lot actually, um, because that's like I, 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 st- I still think a mail app is is an essential feature of a smartphone OS. Um, so I, I don't I don't want to use a third party app for anything really. Um, so so yeah, I like I hope the mail app improves a lot, but I only use it for basic functionality. So the most advanced thing I do on iOS mail app is move stuff from folder to folder and that's about it. I don't I don't really use like any of the other stuff because there isn't much other stuff to do on the iOS mail app. Yeah, even the two, right? You have like you have smart folders, but that's all done like server side, right? Yes, I I don't I never do client side filtering because it's unreliable, uh, because it takes processing power. It, it is slow, and, and and obviously it's dependent on the clients. And I don't use the same client everywhere, um, so I'm relying on fast mail server side uh, filtering to sort my mail for me. Um, so I, I just use the client as 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 it is for the most part. Um, so I, any improvements are welcome, obviously. Like I, I use the mail app a lot, so and and also too, they should probably just stop fighting Google and just like embrace Gmail support, right? Because oh Gmail my. and Mail yes. app is still weird, and I know it it's bad. because Google doesn't use stand they use like non standard IMAP stuff. Everyone knows this, but like a billion people use Gmail Apple. Just just just, just make an exception, right? Just like just make and Gmail the prob- work okay. Well. The problem here, okay, let me explain for people who don't know. The problem here is. Um, it's actually Google's fault here. Actually, this is not Apple's problem here. What happened was um, Google stopped paying for an exchange license, um, a mass exchange license that would allow Gmail servers to talk the exchange protocol to the Mac client or the iOS client. So what happened was when uh, when Google stopped doing that, um, the, the iOS app can still talk to Gmail servers over the standard IMAP, but it doesn't have push notification support which comes with exchange um so if you use gmail with the mail app uh on on ios it's 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 the you can't have push notifications so you check every 15 minutes which is which is not optimal um yeah so that's that's what that's what the situation is has been for years at this point so if you, if you use gmail you probably use a different uh email app or the gmail uh app for uh, for iOS because it really is is a bad situation all around, um, and I don't, I don't and I don't think it's gonna get fixed. Like it's it, it requires some cooperation. I think Google doesn't care. Um, so, or no Apple. I mean Apple wants all mail servers probably work, but it's not really their fault. They, I mean they can implement the Gmail. OAuth or whatever the fuck, uh, the push integrated with push, Apple's push notification, but that would also require Google to cooperate because that would require Google to actually implement uh, integration with Apple's push uh, notification system. So yeah, yeah, well, it's, that's that's like a that's just on the wish list. That's probably yeah, that, not going to happen. But that I, is not going to happen. But I'd love to hear people stop complaining about how bad Gmail is with the mail app. It is bad, but it's 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 there's a history behind why it's yeah bad. it's. It's understandable as to why it's bad, but it's yeah. mostly like dumb business reasons and not like technical reasons yeah. that like can't be solved with engineering. If you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's politics. It is politics. Okay. Yes. Um, so moving about on, something that's actually political. Uh, oh. More apps are going to look like music and news, and to some people, that's uh, it's not great. I mean, I I like the music app on on iOS now. It's it's nice. I feel it's nice and um, clean. Uh, is the word I, I'd use. Uh, it feels nice to use. Though some UI elements are definitely weirdly hidden, like shuffle and repeat and stuff like that. It's it's a bit weird. Uh, like they should clean that up, I think, a bit more. But I, I overall, like I'm not opposed to more apps sort of uh, switching to that sort of design framework or ideology. Well, um, so I 
I think it's good because it gets rid uh, it makes more like more apps will stop using UI navbar if I'm correct and that's essentially the top bar at in most of iOS applications right like uh, Twitter has it right it's the search icon the Twitter logo and then like the new post icon and I think that the larger the screen sizes get moving everything to the bottom of the screen for navigation is a much better idea. So like in, in maps, for example, right, there's only the search bar at the bottom and you can flick it up and it will show you more information, but it, uh, but everything else is just the map itself that you can interact with. And there's no touch targets, no UI elements in the top corners of the screen that are like critical to how the app works. Yeah. That's uh that's an interesting because screen, when we have a, tall i think taller screens uh, like or bigger screens what, what happens is uh, your fingers have to move uh to the top of the screen it's it's a very uh hard place to reach so i think ios still is very top heavy uh, uh and yeah some sometimes yeah like i'm trying to use the phone one handed it's like re- really awkward because the touch target is small um and it's on the top of the screen so i feel like weirdly stretch my fingers to to get it to get to work so uh, I would I would definitely favor a more bottom heavy uh more design uh that's definitely a, a plus for me yeah and hopefully too this app this uh or this design refresh rather brings back a little more depth you know like because they've been showing that like we like for example music and mail have like they have thicker icons heavier font weights you know and hopefully that spreads throughout most of the uh, OS because that's it's good it's good thin thin fonts are bad. Thin icons are bad. Uh, buttons that don't look like buttons are bad. Like we went on this whole rant when Microsoft then uh, what what the heck is it called? It's fluent fluent design. Yeah, that that whole mess. But um, speaking about one app in particular, Safari. Yeah, Safari. Um, like honestly, at this point, my 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 big wish list uh, feature stuff is is progressive web apps. Um, Stuff like uh, service workers, um, web push, especially web push notifications, um, I, I think are really cool and, and should some, something that Safari should implement. But what problem here is that uh, so Apple isn't really like incentivized to implement this because that would directly compete with uh, App Store apps, uh, which they make money from, right? Uh, so, but I think I still think they should implement progressive web apps uh, features. Uh, into Safari on iOS. Uh, so. yeah, like a, uh, a good example of a progressive web app for uh, people who might be listening who don't like quite grasp the concept, go to Twitter on your mobile, on a uh, on a device not running iOS. I guess you try it on an Android device, try it on a Windows phone device, rest in peace. Um, because it is essentially basically the same UI as the proper Twitter experience, but you can access it offline. It'll still show a recent post. It'll send you push notifications natively through your OS. And it, and it was like uh, the most important one, it can load data asynchronously while you're scrolling. So normally you can, before you could do some Ajax stuff to make it so when you're at the bottom, it could, you would show you new posts as you scroll down, right? That usually, that hurt performance by a metric ton. But also while you're down scrolling through the feed, it could also serve you new posts. Right, coming right. In. So... Yeah. So if if you're more interested in what progressive web apps are, the Twitter Lite uh, experience, which they released recently, a couple months ago, um, you can find more about that on, on their blog, blog.twitter.com, um, which they launched especially for people in countries where data is more uh, constrained. Uh, access to data is expensive um, and it's slow. Oh, yeah. That's another good feature of progressive web apps, right? Where it's, uh, it enables you to... Um have like data saver modes, right? Well, it's it's not like really a, a progressive web app thing itself, but progressive web app support usually comes with uh, WebP, I believe, is uh, Google's uh, low quality image format, right? It's like their algorithm for scaling so where you can um, adjust uh, the quality of images relative to what network you're on. Yeah. So on, on the Twitter uh, progressive web app, uh, how it works is if you enable data saver mode, it doesn't even load images until you click, like, tap on them. So it, it's 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 really nice. It is super fast. It's really really fast, which is which is key, I think. Um, small bundle size, uh, whatever, and it loads extremely fast on, on most phones. Um, so I I really hope the progressive web app stuff is 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 implemented in Safari quicker, because I think that would make uh, 
web apps on iOS a better experience. Yeah, definitely. Like apps like Mastodon too would probably run a whole lot better. Oh boy, yeah, Mast- like Mastodon. Uh, there's a uh, there's Mastodon. Speaking of Mastodon, a slight aside, uh, somebody is working on a a big patch set for implementing uh, service workers and uh, web push notifications into Mastodon. So uh, if if iOS uh, implements the stuff, you can have notifications natively uh, through the web app, which would be cool. Uh, we don't need individual apps for every single thing, which is, I mean, the, the dream of two thousand five is alive once again. Yes, the dream. Yes, the dream. The open uh, which, web. Which, yeah, which you want if you want the dream right now, you you probably need to use an Android device. Uh, and that's its whole. That's, that's its whole other set of problems. Yeah, so I, I'm going to move on from from this topic to uh, podcasts. Yeah, okay. So they they we spoke about this the other the other day, right? They rebranded. It's not iTunes podcast anymore. It's Apple Podcasts, and they have a WWDC session where they let people record podcasts in the studio, and they give you tips on how to like improve your uh, audio setup and all that. So like, I feel like there is a renewed push at Apple for podcasts, especially like. Um, us, for example, everyone has a podcast nowadays, right? There's so many good podcasts out there. So I feel like they're going to redesign the podcast app. And especially too, right? Because it's A, it still looks like an iOS 9 app. B, it does not have a watch OS app. And C, the support for an iTunes is terrible. Yeah, it is bad. It is it is horrible um, to use iTunes, which is why basically everyone who listens to a lot of podcasts doesn't use the podcast. Yeah, I use Overcast because Overcast has like a, the voice booster and it has smart speed, which I think both of them yeah. are added to Pocket Cast now too, right? Yeah, I, Pocket has some of those features. It doesn't have the smart uh, uh, speed stuff, but it, Pocket, I use Pocket Cast because that's what I used on Android and it, it syncs the stuff uh, over. So, so I still use Pocket Cast, which is a really nice app. If you should check it out. Uh, both bo- both apps, yeah. Overcast is also extremely extremely nice. Uh, Marco is, is a very smart developer. Um, so yeah, Overcast, Podcast. So everybody uses third party apps, especially if you care a lot about podcasts. You use third party app because the podcast app right now is is in is in bad shape. Uh, I hope it gets it gets a nice overhaul and it gets uh, fixed for iOS. Right, and hopefully and too, they stop syncing podcasts locally on the device. Because so Pocket Cast and Overcast, right? It's all server side. And they just it just pushed to your device when you get new episodes, but um, I, I the iOS and the Mac, their iTunes right for Mac. What they do is that they will locally refresh all the podcasts and then they'll sync states between devices afterwards. So refreshing podcasts almost takes up to a minute, especially like say for example, I listened to the latest episode of Shades of Brown on my Mac, and I haven't touched my iPhone in a bit, so it hasn't refreshed. So when I go to the podcast app and pull to refresh, it's going to pull down a new episode. It might it might start downloading it even if I have that set up. And then afterwards, it's going to sync with iCloud. It's going to determine if, like, I've listened to this on my Mac already. And if it is, then it'll remove it from my queue. And that whole process is really slow. Yeah, that is that is a very slow process. And that's not, like, conducive to, like, a, like a sort of multi-device experience. Like, it's not a very modern experience to have. And I think, yeah, moving to a server-side check would be would be better for... It also improve uh, battery life because you, would, you wouldn't be pulling uh, a bunch of feeds, which is uh, inexpensive. Oh, yeah. Especially like on the watch, right? Too, if they do make a watch app for it, which I really hope, like you, you don't want to be processing RSS feeds. XML is not <laughs> something you want to parse on a watch. No, yeah, it's definitely not a very uh, yeah. If they make a, if they re overhaul, that's one thing they should be considering because yeah, refreshing a bunch. Like if you have, especially if you have a lot of podcasts, that's a lot of feeds to be checking uh, on an interval, uh, and that's that's not a good thing. You want to save battery, you just want to make it like a wet, like a push thing. Yeah, you, maybe so have like, it as a fallback, the, right? But you, you want to throw that to the server. Yeah, you want to make it so like the iCloud, this like some iCloud integration where uh, the server checks it and then and this clients just sync the server's state uh, and download accordingly. Uh, so yeah, just, just improve the app, please. Just, it's, it's not good, please. Fix it. All right. But that's something uh, else that needs to be fixed is the iMessage oh app drawer. Oh, Lord. That's that's just... Uh, it's so confusing. It's I don't... It is confusing I, like, Do you know anyone besides me and you, people like we, we are nerds, right, who have installed an iMessage app and know how to use it consistently? No. Nobody, like, nobody I know uses my it. My friends use Tapback. That, that is works. The uh, iMessage effects, there's that. Sending, um, doing like the short videos and photos and all that, they know how to do that. Uh, no one on when you turn the screen sideways and you can like send signatures. No one understands why that's a thing. 
No one understands why there is that digital touch icon right next to photos. Oh, Lord. Digital uh, touch is the most pointless feature. Oh, it's pointless because it's... It was pointless on WatchOS, right? And it's even more pointless on on the iPhone. uh, Yeah, it's really... I never want to be doing that on on a phone. Like, it's not something I want to... Like, who thought that was, like, a thing that people actually do? The best part about it, too, is, right? Like, it's... Who thought on the original watch that that'd be a great idea, too? Who would... Why would I send my heartbeat to anyone? I mean, yeah, okay, uh... Okay, yeah, that's yeah. That's, the idea yeah. has been garbage since 2014, man. It is just like consistently yes. carried over from OS releases, and I'm sitting back. Uh, you know, you know, anyone. You know what? It, you know what? I think this this problem here is this is probably like a feature that an exec wants for some fucking reason, and <laughs> it's um, there because Tim said so. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like yeah, maybe maybe it's Tim. Uh, Tim is corny as hell, uh, maybe, uh, but. Yeah, like it maybe some exec like really likes this feature and it, it, nobody can remove it because they would that would piss off the exec. So nobody wants to piss off the exec. Um, but yeah, this is at least re overhaul it so it's more intuitive and more like and you don't accidentally tap it all the time. No, just remove like, it. I think it honestly should be removed. I, I would not miss that feature. Yeah, same. I would not miss. And it. And I think they should also it. move the uh, thing where you can sign messages or whatever to like a specialized button. Right. I would say include it with a photo picker. Because maybe sometimes it might be cool to draw a little message with your finger or if you have an iPad, use a pencil. But I feel like that should be like near photos and all that sort of stuff. But more importantly, the iMessage app drawer needs to be not hidden. I, don't, I genuinely don't know how they're going to do this because it's, it's, it's a really messy UI. And I feel because right now, so if we go over to the app button, it'll load up your most recent use thing, which for me is Kimoji because uh, yes, yes, Kimoji is fucking great. But um, it's just confusing because you have to tap like this four little button thing to get to the rest of them. I feel like it should be, I want to say honestly, maybe a dual pane setup. So um, at the bottom, so like you tap the app button and I would say like on the side of it, maybe it's like a list of all the apps you have installed, like vertically sort of like, like, like a scroll list that's always visible. And then on the right, it'd be stickers. And maybe you start scrolling to stickers that just disappeared or something like that. Or maybe it's like Facebook Messenger, like the emoji picker, right? Where at the bottom, it'll just show you little icons of each one you have installed, which maybe might be a mess. But maybe the use case is that you don't have 50,000 iMessage apps installed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they definitely didn't, like, somehow didn't predict that people like Federico would install like a billion I message apps. Um, but really, it's any better yeah. UI for stickers. Stickers is really the yeah. most confusing part of this. Yeah, it is. It is bad. Please, please, Apple, you're you you know better than this. Uh, I hope. So, uh, speak like this is that's all the iOS. Well, stuff. I think with uh, one more thing we we did not touch upon, which I think we should. I forgot to put in the notes. Notifications. Do you think they're going to improve notifications on iOS? Um, please, I I don't know how I forgot about this, but Jesus fucking Christ. Um. Notifications on iOS are the notification center specifically is what even is. Uh, they, they finally fixed the today view rate. It is useful. I think I use today all the time. I have it set to where I scroll down my notification center thing, and it is a today view over the um, notifications itself because I have widgets that are actually useful to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also a thing. Um, but it it's also very confusing because you know you have to set up widgets. You said I have to set up. Uh, it's just not like I still think Android is is way ahead in this in this area. Like it's just uh, I think and they could pick up a few things from Android. Honestly, really, if they uh, just copied the Android notification drawer, no one would be upset. We'd be like, yes, it, like I don't even Android fans would just be like, I take that. That's what Microsoft did for Windows Ten. Like the whole entire Windows Ten notification thing is straight up a rip of what Google does of Android, and no one yeah. cares. No one cares because it's good. It's a good design. It, it works. Uh, it works in Android. It works in Windows 10. It works. Um, they should really, like, honest to God. It's and maybe remove like, some of the 3D touch stuff. Because so right now, if I want to respond to a text message, I have to, like, 3D touch it. And I feel like that should just be in line with the with the notification itself. There should be, like, a little, like, uh, a text box wherever that you tap. Because I get it. They want more people to 3D touch stuff. And I imagine probably going to add a bunch more 3D touch stuff to iOS uh, 11. But just God, just please improve notifications. It really is is not it's not it's not a good time. Yeah, I hope they improve it, but I, I don't know how much they, they're going to be able to overhaul it without. Yeah, it's yeah. So I mean, that's all iOS yep. stuff. 
And now we're moving on to the Mac, which is, uh, it's an inter- it is interesting to think about, like, because I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you make macOS better? And I, there's obvious reasons. There's, like, better, there's ways to make macOS better, right? Uh, like, improve graphic support, ship new hardware, you know, that's always a great one. Uh, like, but it's, it's, it's mature at this point, right? It's like if Windows 10. Like, every time we Microsoft releases a new Windows 10 thing, like, it's mostly just, like, making the universal app platform better and not improving the base OS because you can always make trackpads better. You can always make hardware compatibility better. You can always make the subsystems better. You can make battery life better. And Apple does have every release. But, like, what are some big core changes to Mac to the Mac OS that they can do? And it's, it's hard to think of. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, app Store um, could... could... Like App Store is bad. Like it's it's buggy as hell. Oh, my, and some... my favorite thing is when uh when there's an update for an app, you go to the update screen, nothing shows up. Then you gotta hop into purchases, and it, and the button lets you update it from there. The install button changes the update one, but it won't show up in the update screen. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah, it is. It is a horrible experience. Like sometimes it doesn't even work. It sometimes doesn't even update properly, and it's really weird because sometimes. Uh, you're installing system updates and you don't know if the system updates is properly installing or not. It's, it's what is going on. The UI isn't updating. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's it's not. It's, it's buggy as hell. They really need to clean that up because that's a vital feature. That's not like a side thing. Um, they really yeah, need to clean that up. I think of some of the UI for some of the apps needs to clean up. Like iBooks as well, definitely. There's like a bunch of like, I there's that, right? Like a bunch of little apps need some UI cleanup. Also, messages. It's not in, not in the show notes, but I want to bring this up before I forget. Messages needs to be on like more feature parity of iOS. I understand. I I, I get it fine. iMessage apps maybe not work because you're going over from iOS to macOS. But stickers stickers should be able to sync from device to device. Come on, come on, Apple. For the love of God, um, if you if you're gonna have a vertically integrated platform like macOS, iOS. Please, please have some feature parity because, like... And maybe, too, like, uh, messages stops moving off of the WebKit stuff. Because so right now, right, messages is... You can get it to break where it does not load the CSS. I've had that happen to me before where I'm starting up messages. Because that's a web view. It's loading it through, like, some, like, web cache. It, I didn't know it was a web view, but okay. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a web view for sure, but it's definitely, like, WebKit based. Because I've gotten it to load before where, like, you know, like, a website loads and there's no CSS because, like, something weird happened? Yeah. And I'm like, what? what is this? Yeah. The, the Messages app really needs a bit of uh, some some love and care and some feature yeah. parity. Like, iMessage apps, whatever. Stickers, please. Just, just stickers. I, I can get why maybe like a Starbucks iMessage app won't sync over because it's Swift, it's UI kit, it's blah, 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 it's X, Y, and Z. Makes sense. But stickers are just images. I just, I want to be able to send my Kimoji for my Mac, you know? Yeah. Please, for the love of God, emo- uh, stickers, please. Um, you're going to get more people to use messages uh, on a Mac OS. Yep. And then just, just... back to the actual system changes. Though. APS yep. is APFS. definitely APFS. going to come up. APFS. Def- yes. Yes. Please. Uh HFS Plus is getting really, really old um, at this point. I mean, it's not a bad thing when a file system is old, but it's 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 old and bad. Yeah, which is, which is, APFS uh, brings some nice changes too, right? It's already on iOS, so it's gonna happen, right? It's it's they already they already brought it to iOS, so macOS ten point thirteen is definitely gonna have APFS. Like like if if, if APFS is, is isn't the next macOS, I might just reinstall Mac to get APFS uh, macOS on my laptop so I can get APFS. Yeah, because you can do um, it manually with Serial right now, uh, but it's I don't think it's supported uh, booting from it, uh, so you can't put it on your system partition. Yeah, you have to uh, do so a, you have to do a weird like uh, have an intermediary boot partition like it's uh, like it's two thousand eight and we're installing Grub and we're using Grub <laughs> on Arch Linux. Grub. Oh yeah. Um. No. Yeah. No. Nobody's gonna do that. So the, the, I'm just gonna wait till APFS is like in a final build state. Uh, is is available uh from a fresh install like a def- default fresh install would use APFS. Oh, they'll probably do the intermediary uh, update in place like they did with uh iOS. I don't know how great it's gonna be on a Mac where it's uh, no, 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 no. They, they, they're not gonna. Yeah, they are. Um, they're definitely. I, what do you mean? Of course, they're gonna have it where you can upgrade the file system in place. That they did the same thing for for iOS. Mm. No, iOS is a completely different beast than macOS uh, because in iOS, in iOS the file system is defined and users don't get to mess with it. But in, uh, but in Windows XP, you could do an in-place upgrade from FAT32 to NTFS, and it was fine. I suppose, but uh, I don't think Apple. It's it's there's a 
it has happened, but I don't think Apple is going to do it for Mac because just because it, the possibility of breaking. But, is, I is mean, too the possibility high. of breaking is high, but they've done it before for Mac when it was a. Uh, I think it was a switch from like what classic Mac OS to Mac OS 10. You could do a HFS to HFS plus. You they're able to do an in place upgrade to that. There's, I mean, maybe you don't want to do it if you're like if you're sensitive about your data. But I feel like the options are going to be there, and I think that's why it hasn't come to the Mac yet. Is just because it's a little more work than an iOS where you can guarantee that every system partition is going to be the same size, right? Yeah, yeah. Another uh, yeah file system thing. Uh, Time Machine, please for the love of God, update it. It's it's the time, time Machine could get some nice features with APFS, right? It's been a little bit forgotten, but since APFS brings um, snapshot support, right? That's the name of it. You can have a you can have better Time Machine stuff. You can have like Time Machine that maybe can do some backups up without requiring an external hard drive, just because of how things are um, placed on the on your local hard disk. Yeah, it's just Time Machine is like I don't use Time Machine because I don't really use my Mac. Like anything on my Mac's disk is is already backed up on some cloud service. So like if if, if I lose any data, it's it's, it's whatever. Like uh, it's not a big deal. Uh, so like, but for people who use Macs as their primary uh, desktop platform, or even people who just care more about backups, um, or even then too, oh, they no, could they could bring it to or like say for example with snapshot support and all that stuff. You could have like a file history uh, viewer, right? Where like say for example, you want to use Time Machine, you have a document like an audio file or whatever, and you've modified it. Maybe and and you use like different apps to modify it, so not there's not one centralized location of like all the history of your edits. So since you have snapshot support and all that stuff, you can just kind of open up Time Machine and be like, "Show me past versions of this file." A lot of yeah, a lot of possibilities with APFS uh, plus Time Machine uh, would be a nice combo. Uh, I think is is is. I mean, please, like, it, backups are important, especially in this day and age where uh, malware like uh, like uh, like rans- ransomware and stuff like that. It's only a matter of time before it starts infecting. Or Max more importantly, just let iCloud be a destination for uh, time machine backups because right now right now you can only do full system backups on ios watch os and tvos mac os doesn't let you do a full system backup i understand if you maybe don't want to stake my whole entire photo library included with the backup but photos.app will back up to icloud separately so i feel like for my system apps my my home folder at the very least documents and desktop is backed up right now but to have a whole encrypted backup that i can restore to a new machine from would be great Yes, uh, that would also make make you make people buy iCloud storage, so you have nothing to lose there, Apple. Um, that's just gonna get people to buy more storage. But moving on from from stuff that needs to be okay, maybe not moving on because it's another broken thing. Uh, iTunes. Oh God, just this is like basically do what you do on iOS. Have an Apple Music app. Have a podcast app. Have an iTunes movie music and store app. Just have a media store app, and uh, iTunes U. The uh, education, rip that out of it. And maybe for a syncing app, have like a device utility app or whatever that lets you sync and manage backups for iPhones and stuff. Like five or six apps, just break it up into it. Have them all up on their separate update cycles. Like, you know, maybe the podcast Mac app doesn't get updated every year. That's fine. But like, God, just iTunes, not, not great. What what I was thinking was uh, when Microsoft announced um, iTunes on the Windows Store, um, they didn't announce a date with it. But I, like if if they break up, if they redesign iTunes or whatever, uh, maybe that's part of the thing where they put it on the Windows Store as well. Do you, Do you think that Apple would break it up for Windows as well or just Mac OS? Because they can definitely. Because I mean, I guess there's probably some shared code between the iTunes Mac and iTunes Windows app. But it's like it's all accessing the same sort of like web stuff in the back end. So they could definitely just like. Be like, all right, Windows users, you know what? You just get this iTunes app because uh, we don't really care about you that much. Yep, yep, yeah. That's what they mentioned on the on the talk show was uh, just get like, redesigned for Mac first. Um, I mean, I think that would, that's what Apple would do anyway um, because the iTunes Windows is so good. It's, it's... Oh Lord! I every time I have to use it for local backups, or maybe uh, like they keep iTunes for Windows, but then like just make an Apple Music Universal app because they have a they have a full on material app for Apple Music for uh, Android, right? Or maybe a web UI. Who knows? Just there's a way to get past the whole entire like Apple Music being on Windows thing, and it's it's a lot. It's probably easier than breaking it up. But Mac, it just needs to be broken up because this is 15 year old software that's showing its edge. It is. It's, just, mm. it's yeah. It is. It is. It's a lot of legacy stuff in there. It's, it's just just a lot. 
it just there's a lot of feature creep over the years. Like everything is in iTunes, which is which is not which is not good. Um, need to break it up. Um, uh, maybe um, speaking of redesigns, maybe some of the utilities, uh, maybe get redesigned. Because they uh, maybe not for the best though, right? Because the uh, disk utility was redesigned with the last release, and it didn't have a. It, didn't, it still doesn't have like feature parity. Activity Monitor has been redesigned. I'm thinking maybe QuickTime might get a little update right, text edit, maybe just like some of the smaller things because those are easier projects, right, that people could do. I imagine that those might get a little bit of a redesign. I think that they're going to touch up the UI just a little bit um, to keep the icons and all that consistent with new um, iOS release. I don't think that like it's going to be a full like redesign of macOS. I'm hoping, like, a wishful... We're at the point where it's just like, these are all like wishful things that we're not sure are going to happen. More dark mode support. Because right now there's dark mode, but it's only just the uh, context menus in some apps, the uh, UI status bars or system bars. So I'm thinking maybe like it gives a darker tinge to some of the system apps and all that sort yes. of stuff. Yeah, please, please. Dark mode uh, everywhere. iOS, macOS, please. TVOS um, already has it and it's great. Yeah, please, please bring dark mode for the for, for the love of my eyes. My eyes are eyes will thank you for the dark modes. Uh, but better Siri support too. Yeah. I mean, I don't use Siri, so I forgot about Siri. Because, like, you can't even yeah. you can't set a timer right now on Siri on the Mac. That's unfortunate. I didn't even know that was a thing. But okay, it's, yeah. And then I was like, Siri, why why is this? Why can't you do this? And they're like, I don't understand that question. I can search DuckDuckGo for you though. And I'm like, God, I hate life. <laughs> Speaking of hating life, uh, moving on to WatchOS. WatchOS, which is the main feature, is that it does not reboot every fucking week. Oh, yes. Please fix the memory leaks or whatever the fuck the problem is. Um, it's, it's, I randomly look at my watch sometimes. I see the Apple logo and I'm like, why is this rebooting? Yeah, why is... Like, I, I'm just like... Like, suddenly it just reboots. It just it just does. Yeah, so there's... Uh, um, yeah. Firstly, what I want for watchOS is just redesign that home screen. Like, the app picker is not great. Mm, yeah, it's, it is it is a bit of... I don't know how they would make it... Like, the screen is so small. It's hard to... But anything's better than a bunch of super small circles on a small screen right like you can give me a vertical list of apps and i'd be happier with that yeah honestly it's 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 a real real mess and it's 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 annoying to use i, I rarely ever use that uh thing because it's it's just it's just hard to use and the small screen is yeah ugh, it's bad um more api support so this is for the developers um making making apps on uh watch watch os is, is hard because it's it's a slow platform, like, you know, and it like doesn't that. have like API parity of iOS. WatchKit is really limited right now. Um, a good example is uh, so I was bored the other day. I was making an app that would um, let you like you you give it a database of like uh, a JSON feed or whatever, and it would like spit out random key pair uh, key uh, block key value pairs if I could speak properly back at you by tapping a button just because it was just a fun way to mess around with parsing JSON. And the issue is I was using, so to pick a random number, you can A, copy some code from like a stack overflow, B, use GameKit, which has a built-in random number picker. And I was like, instead of like spending the time to extend this, uh, this class and write a bunch of code just to give me a random number so I can pick something out of an array, I was like, all right, let's use what GameKit provides. Problem being, WatchOS has GamesKit support, mind you, right? GameKit is supported on WatchOS, but WatchKit has a very limited one. It does not support all the API calls. Oh, okay. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. So, like, I want more API support. I want them to bring over more of what I can do on regular iOS. If it's a little different, fine. WatchOS can be its own thing, right? Like, but just at least give me parity. Yeah, it's honestly, like, I, I get why they restrict it because WatchOS is really not designed for heavy compute stuff. Um, some of the APIs are probably need to be restricted uh, on WatchOS, but yeah, please, like it's for the developers. Yeah, but the um, hardware is going to get more powerful, though, right? That's like that's a short term thing. Yeah, yeah, that's also the next feature. Um, maybe it's it's probably happening. Uh, sleep tracking. Oh yeah, I think the thing about sleep tracking, though, right? It's like, is it going to be with WatchOS four, or is it going to be with the new watch hardware? Because you might have to have a better processor that sips power but can still like do motion code processing and all that, right? Yes, yeah, that's that's true. Because right now it it can't really do that. Uh, the processor is not designed for that. Um, yeah, sleep tracking would uh, because they recently bought a sleep tracking company called I think Bedded. Uh, 
yeah, so I, I think they're probably working on sleep tracking for a while. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year. I don't know. It depends on the new hardware, probably. Uh, also, more iPhone independence. Uh, just just stuff like uh, notification syncing when you're on uh, Wi-Fi versus when you're on Bluetooth. Uh, improving that would be very nice. Yeah, and I think there's uh, another thing for watchOS that I did not uh, leave for us to put in our outline here is... Uh, a better update and a better debug process. Because right now, if you want to update your watch, you have to download something to your iPhone that's a sync over Bluetooth. And I feel like, since it, because a watch can't support, it, it, it will work on Wi-Fi. If I turn off my phone right now and I'm still on, a, if I'm and the watch is connected to Wi-Fi, you can pull data down. I can open the weather app. It'll pull out the latest weather. I can send an iMessage, right, without my phone being turned on. So I feel like it's, they can do it where, like, fine, still require me to be plugged into the charger, I understand, because you really don't want your watch dying on you during an update process, but try and pull it from the Wi-Fi locally instead of, like, downloading it to the phone and sending it over Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's maybe not the, yeah. Also, updating the watch takes forever. It's slow. It's sort of that APFS, too, which uh, it needs. WatchOS should probably switch over to APFS. Yeah, please, just just switch it over to APFS. There's no, like, like, just do it, please, for the love of God. It's slow as hell. Um, next up, uh, last OS thing, uh, tvOS. It's uh, interesting, right? Because there, there has been new TV hardware or Apple TV hardware in a minute. So a lot of the features are probably tied to new hardware, right? Like, for example, there's no 4K support. And that's because the current Apple TV can't output at 4K. So there's no point. But it's, it's something that it's missing compared to other set-top boxes. Um, it doesn't, I would say too, maybe digital tutor support. I don't know if Apple would ever do that, but I feel like making an Apple TV a DVR would be really interesting for pulling channels over like an antenna line or whatever. I mean, a lot of their competitors are doing the exact same. Yeah, you can do it with an Xbox right now and all that. Yeah, um, so I really think tvOS could be a lot better. I don't use tvOS, but... Yeah, I use, I have, I use tvOS every day and it's like, the things that I want to see, right, are just... Uh, same single sign-on or simple sign-on the feature that lets you sign up with your cable login and that is really bad right now because i maybe have gotten a cable login from a friend and it like every other app requires you to like just manually put it in even though it's supposed to be a system-wide feature um the tv app definitely needs to be improved because as of right now it's a little confusing and it's a little hard to start plugging in sources and not everything supports it and multitasking the multitasking switcher is not great on tvOS it is a uh, imagine if you haven't used tvOS imagine the iOS switcher where it's like those huge like panes of apps and you have to swipe them up it's that but at like a 60 inch screen with this huge like 1920 by 1080 uh snapshot or like screenshot of the app and you swipe it up on the remote and it's not great last thing last apple thing wwc thing before we move on to our second topic this is going to be a long episode we warn you um, is is Siri speaker maybe uh, maybe Siri in general too right because as right it's we were complaining about the Google Assistant last week and how it's like not consistent between things Siri is even worse because as I said earlier on my Mac you I can't set to timers I can do it on my watch can't do it on my TV can't do it uh, you can do it on your phone I like so the rumor is that Apple's going to launch a uh, Echo like Siri device which may or may not have a screen I'm willing to bet that it will have a screen because Phil Schiller said that these devices are kind of useless without a screen in an interview recently. So I think he's hinting at that. But I feel like Siri as a whole needs to be more tied to my Apple account. I know why they do it, right, for privacy reasons. But I should be able to ask Siri about a document which is saved to my Mac, which is saved to iCloud Drive, which is in the cloud, and have Siri on my TV be able to tell me what's in that. Maybe they can't display it or open it, but at least they need to be aware of it. Yeah, just 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 feature, make it feature pair like feature parity across all all Apple platforms because yeah, and have it aware of what's on all my Apple platforms too, right? I should be able to ask my watch what is open on my Mac and get a response from that because they're all logged into the same account. It's all the same like encrypted data being sent to Apple. I get it that they don't want to do Google like style machine learning and they want differential privacy, but if it's my data, if it's encrypted then Siri locally on my device should be able to access it, even if it's on a different device, right? Because it's all tied to the same account. It's all the same person. It's all the same user. Or even like have like the devices sync over the local network, not even go to the cloud, um, which would be cool. 
Uh, that's impossible. I mean, you could make it like a like a hybrid sort of cloud, and or you can um, do like Wi-Fi direct, right, to have them talk to each other. I think all these devices support it. I mean, you, you can like app, like Apple already does like 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 the local sharing stuff. Bonjour, yes, yeah, it is called Bonjour. Um, it's it uses like multicast uh, MTNS. Um, so you, they, they already have the sort of tech that they could use here, uh, which would be. Cool to integrate it. Uh, they could you do some sort of hybrid stuff if if, there's a, if the device is not on the LAN, um, they use use iCloud uh, stuff like that. So I mean, a lot of the tech is here. They just need to implement uh, this because it's a lot of this is policy stuff because they don't want to really they really don't want more data from you, which is the problem here. Uh, and also, these teams probably don't talk to each other as much, right? I feel like their Siri on macOS is not it's not like from the whole Siri team, but it's like part of the Mac team. And another thing, too, about the speaker, it's, uh, is it just a speaker? Is it the new Apple TV device? Is it also going to be a router, right? Like, is it, are they just, because it makes sense, because so right now there's HomeKit, right? There's that smart house stuff. It would make sense for Apple to have a router with a screen, which looks nice, which is in your living room, which can also be the hub for all your smart home devices. Like, that makes sense, especially with the serious support and all that. And if you make it pretty, like, if you make a router that people will put on their coffee table in the middle of the living room, A, you're going to improve Wi-Fi performance just because of the location. It's not hugging a wall. It might be a little hard to do, right, because uh, it's uh, the, the, the power cord or even then the uh, Ethernet cord. But you can at least have, like, a repeater, I guess, that plugs into the uh, – there's a way to make it work. So maybe it won't be the router, right, but, like, it, will it be the new Apple TV device? Maybe it could be, or maybe it could be like a set of them, or maybe the new Apple TV like has one of these built in. It's there's it's interesting because having just a cylinder by itself is useful, but when you start bringing in all these other devices that people normally don't think about, people normally don't think about routers, right? If you get people thinking about them and get them thinking about Wi-Fi performance, it improves everyone else's computing experience in the house. Yes, yes, it does. Yep. Uh, as, uh, yeah, like if the router is really one of the most uh, ignored devices for what what it actually does. Uh, sometimes, um, but yeah. So if, if Apple is is gonna revamp the airport product line and integrate it with with this speaker thing, that would be cool, cool as hell. Uh, I, I would look forward to that. Uh, hopefully, and with that, I think uh, we're gonna end the Apple stuff. So it's, it's been a long series of uh, wish lists and predictions and stuff. We'll see what ha- we'll see what happens next week. Uh yeah, that's gonna I think do uh, do us for this week. Uh, we're 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 gonna be uh this is a long one. Enjoy. Uh, you you can send feedback at contact at twoshadesofbrand.com. You can find me on Mastodon at static save at mastodon.zomacloud.com. And I'm uh on Mastodon at uh, chosefine at boys.computer. And with that, goodbye. Bye.